Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. My guest today is uh, Chris Sprinkle, who is my wife, not my brother. Some people think she's my brother, but she is definitely my wife and definitely not my brother. Uh, let's see. I should give some stats here. Chris is the uh, VP of Operations for the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender and the COO of uh, Theology in the Raw. Um, I think that's the title that she has. Basically, she runs both Theology and Raw and the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender as a mother of uh, our four children. And <laughs> I don't know. We live together, I guess. So um, Chris and I wanted to, we wanted to get together and just kind of debrief on the whole Exiles in Babylon conference that just happened a week ago. And just uh, we talk about life stuff. We talk about uh, parenting. We talk about kids. Talk about the future of theology and raw, and anything else that came into our um, into our minds over the last hour or so. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Also, if you did miss the Exiles in Babylon conference, we do have a we. You can purchase the entire conference, a video series of the entire conference at ondemand.theologyintheraw.com, okay? Or you can just go to theologyintheraw.com and you can find out how to purchase the entire uh, Exiles in Babylon conference. So please welcome back to the show by popular demand, the one and only Chris Brinkley. Chris, thanks for joining me in the basement. How are you doing this morning? doing great. Are you though? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It just took us a minute to get back, get down here. <laughs> Why is that, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> oh, parenting, right? What was my motto? <laughs> oh my gosh. The funniest thing you've ever said to me when we were like in the heat of just not today, but another time where heat of everything with the kids. So we have four teenagers and, uh, you said to me, Chris, <laughs> say, you say it. it's funnier when you say it, it is us versus them. <laughs> and as soon as she said that, I laughed so hard and said, thank you. And so how you feel, you feel like it's us versus. And so them. I was just coming down. So, so I was, yeah, 10 minutes ago, I was all ready for this podcast. I was like all um, ready to come down. And then one of our children, we got to, all of us got in a big fight with uh, one of them and it soured the mood. And then I was like sitting up there going, I don't want to come down here and do it. And then I started laughing and I was like, say that to me again, Preston. <laughs> it's us versus them. And then that just oh, got me down here. <laughs> I, almost ba- I, mean, I almost bagged the whole thing. I'm like, eh, forget it. Let's just not do this. Like, I'm not in the mood to podcast right now. I know, stuff. but we were. And then just one, one thing. It's not easy parenting teenagers. Is that where you want to start? You want to start parenting teenagers? <laughs> it just becomes the power of of wills. What do you think it is? Yeah. You, I guys, think it, you guys are too much alike or too much not alike or? Just with all the kids? Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> no, each I one's. Think, I think it's just. Um, well, let, let's begin. I mean, we would both. I, I mean, and we're biased because we're parents of our kids, but I feel like our kids are really amazing yeah i I, I think so i think at the end of the day it's just it's the power of of uh us letting go them wanting more freedom Mm -hmm. it's just it's messy it can be kind of messy as we Mm -hmm. try to figure it out so none of the things are like bad and it's like even like what we kind of were frustrated at each other it wasn't we both had point like like sides that were legitimate but it's like at the end of the day, it's one that is like they're trying to pull away and be independent and do their own thing. And as they're doing it, it's a little messier because it's like they're not maybe not communicating in the best way. And then we're learning how to let go and and yeah. give freedoms where it is. So I think it just becomes just a it's just more messy trying to figure out how to let go and how for them to 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 take freedom mm-hmm. in a way that's still yeah. honoring. And I think there's, I don't know if they would actually say they're trying to break free and be, independent. I think there's definitely some of that. Not um, break free, just, just be independent. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to figure out what it's like to still be under our, so we have one, you know, engaged, get married. She lives in California. Then we have two teenage girls at home. And then my, our teenage son just turned 14. So, yeah, that, that, especially the two older girls are driving. They have jobs. They have, they, they they're very independent people. 
know where they get yeah. that from. <laughs> they're, they're strong. They're independent. They're go-getters. They've got plans. They have ideas. They have stuff they're doing. And so I think, and they're enjoying that more and more. And, and we, you know, we raised our kids. We were suiting. We homeschooled our kids. We did a ton of stuff together. So there was just like, yeah, I, I think, and they both, I just asked Josie the other day, like, Hey, did you like being homeschooled? And she says, I loved it. I'm like, Oh, cool. Awesome. Cause somebody mm-hmm. at the conference was asking me, you know, did, yeah. did your kids like being homeschooled? And I'm like, well, there's one right there. Let's ask her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I think they like, they definitely like the upbringing, but it, it was a lot. I mean, we were together, are together, you know, a lot. I think now they're, they're very independent spirited. Like, yeah. Which is great. I'm so thankful. We've mm-hmm. we've raised them to. We want them to be independent. We want them to be mm-hmm. have the strength to mm-hmm. go on in life. And yeah. So, it, but it's just it can be messy along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, Parenting. shall we give the example or no? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to talk about. Go ahead. I like this. I like it when you're raw. Oh, Usually, I'm the one that's a little too raw. I know. You're kicking my shins, saying, "Don't say." I know. That. I always prep them and say, "Hey, don't ask me specific questions on <laughs> on the air." <laughs> okay, so this would be the so we are going to talk about the conference too. By the way, we are. Yeah. The, <laughs> What's the album? No, <laughs> what were you going to say though? The illustration. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? I don't know if you're just from up there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk like, about Like just yeah. to give an example yeah, yeah, of like yeah. what, so the kids all go to a Bible study Tuesday night and the, our friends who host it, um, they, uh, always provide dinner for everybody. And so from the conference, I have yeah. gobs and gobs of extra food. Good food. That's Man, good that food. Hawaiian we barbecue. Had, yeah. Oh, we had Lord. lots of yeah. dinners at our house. So we had so much. So last night I said to our friend, Hey, I've got you covered for uh, dinner the tomorrow night. The friend who night. leads the Bible study. The friend, yeah, who leads the Bible study. I've got you covered for dinner um, for tomorrow night for all you guys because I have so much food. And he's like, fantastic. You didn't Thank even say so I got you covered. You said, oh, would you he, mind if yeah. I... I asked, do you have food for tomorrow night? Yeah. And he said, I don't. I said, great. I got you covered. I have so much food. And he's like, Thank you so much. So then this morning I said to my girls, Hey, when you guys go to Bible state and I just make sure you bring the dinner that I'm going to, um, I, I have so much, I'm bringing dinner for, the, or I'm making dinner, you know, yeah. for, for you all to just bring it with you guys. And they were like, no, we already were planning on making our own dinner for the Bible study. And I was like, why well, have so much food? Let's <laughs> use the food that I have. And they're like, well, no, we already had planned this with our friends that what we want to make, we're going to the store and buying food. And um, want to make dinner, and we have something already planned. And so, right there is the power of the struggle, where it's like. So, what I mean is like breaking free is just being independent. Like it's such a like a great thing. They want to go buy food and cook the full dinner yeah, and spend a couple hours. Planned, yeah, like yeah. that's like such a. I'm so proud of that. And then on <clears throat> just like guiding them to like, okay, well, let's not buy more food if I have already food. Mm-hmm. But that in their mind, they're like. It, that didn't make sense. They just we're, had it in their mind of what they wanted already, to buy. We, we already wanted to. And so that we, it was just <laughs> back and forth of being like, I don't feel good about buying more food when we have already food. And then in their mind, they're like, but you didn't even check with us. And I'm like, I didn't know I had to check with you. I checked with the Bible study oh leader. Stressing me out again. <laughs> so stressed. And I'm sitting there like watching like a tennis match, like Trying to suck down my first cup of coffee, like, oh and then my gosh. what happens with it's us? Stress girl- on the conference. And then what happens with, with all of us girls is that we all look to Preston and we're like, Preston, fix it. Fix Tell it. her she's wrong. <laughs> they're all looking at me. I'm like, and then, and then he has to be like Moses oh sitting on his throne, Jeez. telling everybody who's right and wrong. And then usually everyone's right because that's how uh, he handles it. He's like, well, you were right in this and you were right in this, but then we all want to know, gonna, know who's writer. He's going to handle like Solomon, bring me the sword. <laughs> or that's what I meant. Not Moses. It was Solomon. That, that's oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Like okay, he sat yeah, on his like throne that. and he would just. <laughs> oh, so anyway, so throne. that was that. So then in the end, I was decisions. like, okay, make, make your, conti- go by, do the things you were already planning on doing. And like, no, go. fine. We'll do it your way. And like, that's like, and they just, <laughs> and they switches. <laughs> and then they left. And then Here we, we sat for a few yeah. minutes. And then I said, tell me again. It's us against them. Yes. Us versus them. <laughs> All right. That was probably as raw as I will ever be on this show because is, I do not yeah. like giving you personal never... stories yeah. at all. <laughs> Why? Why is that? Well, I don't want to – because it's our personal life and I don't want anyone feeling bad and I they could get really mad. 
<laughs> about even me telling this on the air. So, I yeah, I don't think I I don't think our kids mind as much. I think you, but you've always been like I think they more, will. much more protective of personal stuff and life and everything. Yeah. And yeah, so I won't share any more personal stories. Okay. The rest, but well, not without not with the kids, but you can share other personal stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, how was the conference, Chris? Awesome. Where do you want to start? So, I guess let's just catch everybody up. So, we had our second annual uh, Exiles in Babylon conference. We started last year in 2022, which means we were planning la- the first one in 2021. So, this is a few years now where we've been in kind of conference mode. It, it started as just an idea. Hey, let's just, I don't know, invite a few speakers, have some worship. I don't know. Let's just, let's just, yeah, let's just do a conference and kind of create it as we go. We'll turn out. A lot of people started buying tickets and buying plane tickets and registration and more and more speakers were coming and, and agreeing to come and everything. And it just, the first one turned into be a lot bigger than we were mm-hmm. expecting. So the room holds so 1100. We had 1150 in the room <laughs> the first year. Um, and uh, so we said, well, heck yeah, we're going to do this again. So we planned a second one and we, the dates were just pretty terrible we didn't realize it was yeah. the majority of people's spring break well we'll we'll we won't do it again during spring break we wanted to try it out to see if if that is a better timing it worked better with the church because the church yeah. had we basically had access to the church the whole um the whole week and didn't have to share it they have a school on campus so we didn't have to share it with with that so that was great mm. but i think it i mean we were still at like 925 yeah we're um, like 100 so less than the year before was, which i don't, I don't which, even numbers i don't yeah which was sure. great but it just more there was a lot of our local friends that were like man i wish you didn't do it during yeah. um spring break and stuff so um, we, we added, and um, then March. I mean, it was rain, snowing, and <laughs> the yeah, weather was pretty was terrible. terrible. But, like the sun would come out for a little bit, and then the snow would zoo, like yeah. fly in and wind. And so, at one point, oh, uh, so right when we start off, we're, we're about ready to open up the doors. We have all of our all the um, registration bags. We always give really great gift bags. I mean, the gift bags are typically <laughs> worth more than the cost of your ticket because we just get so much donated. Um, but we have we have all of our tables out ready for people to um to come, you know, check in and get their bags. And we set all the bags out, I mean, a thousand <laughs> bags. And like we turned away for a quick second to like in a team like meeting or really quick before we were gonna go out there and and check in. And then hail and rain just come pouring in and I about flipped out because it's hitting all of the books that inside the registration bags so I'm like get the bags and so we rush out all like 25 volunteers and just start grabbing bags and bringing them under uh you know for safety and then we had to uh wipe them all down and anyways it was like I'm like oh here we go oh man (laughs) We had well. Let, let's let's actually go. Let's go back a few weeks before the conference. Um, I am coming off of a. I was you know January through March was just probably some of the most speaking and traveling I've done in such a short amount of time, probably ever. Um, so I was coming into like a few weeks before the conference, just pretty spent. And whenever I'm gone, I you know it's harder on the on the family. It's harder on even ministry. Like you you know. Um, we do ministry together. So you have like questions and thought, you know, conversations you didn't have with me and I'm gone and everything. So anyway, we were coming in the conference just like pr- pretty, pretty spent. And um, we were, we were talking like, it's not when we do a third conference, it's if we even want to do another conference. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go back to that moment? And how are you, how were you feeling about that? And then I want to get to like, how are you feeling now about possibly doing uh, another conference next year? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, we were overwhelmed a couple weeks before just with just all that it entails to put, put it, you know, put it together. And, and we had multiple speakers drop out the last couple, like two weeks, about 10 days before there was just a lot of big things that was like, this is just stressful at the end of the day. This is just carrying a lot of stress on just, just making all this happen. And and we want to, we always want to do everything well. And mm-hmm. we, so we put a lot of time into it and so just in general, like I, I can't do things mediocre, you yeah. know, like I just, I have a vision for how it needs to be and I'm going to do that. So, um, so we do 
you know, put a lot of time in, but yeah, we were just, it was, I don't know. Let's just, we were like, let's not commit to a mm-hmm. third one. Let's mm-hmm. just see, you know, a lot how of stuff it goes. in our life is like stuff we choose to do. Like we actually, yeah, we're, we are in, like, we don't have a boss hiring us telling us you need to do this. You need to do that. Yeah. So if we get into a space where we're overwhelmed right. with it's ministry and, and yeah, it's just like, well, we made those decisions. So that's where like, mm-hmm. let's not do that again, maybe. So, so that was a few weeks before the conference. And even during the conference when, um, one of the questions came to me, like, you know, what are some, uh, topics you want to cover next year? And I, I even said, well, if we do another conference and I, I heard a big moan from, the yeah. <laughs> from the people. So how are you feeling now about doing another one? Well, the next morning <laughs> when we woke up and, uh, Katri came over. If none of you guys met Katri, he's our, he's, he should be here right with I us. Know. He's he, like without him, there would be for sure no conference. Yeah. So, um, Chris Katri, he works for Eternity Bible College, a little shout out to Eternity, but yeah, he does so much of the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. With the so we're Chris and Chris. And so we always say boy, Chris, girl, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he came over so we could debrief and right when he walked in, we're like, we're totally doing a third one. <laughs> or even like a few a year, you said. Yeah, like, let's do multiple. We, yeah, we might even do. So we. this is what I want to do. I want to do a, a smaller one in the fall, like just a Friday night, Saturday morning. So two topics. It, and that will be in different cities. Like we could choose um, better mm-hmm. cities to to do it. Like yeah. More Atlanta central, or Aust- yeah. Austin, we are talking Atlanta or Denver. and Dallas. And then... And then still have like two, you know, great topics. Mm-hmm. It'd be more stripped down mm-hmm. than, and then still have the once a year here in Boise, mm-hmm. um, probably in April though. I think we're going to yeah. push it back a little bit and then um, do where it's, it feels more uh, like, like we, we, you know, you get to know people by the end. It's like, yeah. there's a, the, the, with camaraderie or like camaraderie, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Community community yeah. is just really feels like, I feel like after three days of seeing some, kind of the same groups and kind of mm-hmm. talking, it just felt like n- you get to know people a lot more. So I still want to do that yeah. once a year. So yes, <laughs> I still want to, but like everything is just, well, how can we just make streamline things to easier, smoother so that we don't mm-hmm. feel, you know, and I think most of it is just, we need now that we can kind of know, like how, like what we need help with, it's a lot easier to put people to mm-hmm. help with those things. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely want to just streamline it better mm-hmm. to um, get people to help specifically with things that will, that will make it just so that we're not two weeks in yeah. wanting to not do it again. I think it's hard. Well, let, let me just real quick on that. Yeah. So we are, and this is all brainstorming stage, you know, but like if we did do a one day, one day meaning like a Friday night session and then a Saturday morning session and, and, or maybe not Friday, Saturday, but, or maybe Friday, Saturday, whatever. Um, but do kind of an evening session, a morning session. And maybe we even add like an optional something in the early afternoon, but we, we want, we want to make it where people can fly in, only have to spend one night. Um, but we'd want it in a more central location. So, I mean, yeah, like a Denver, Atlanta, I think it was Street Hymns that Dallas. said, "Okay, it's time to take this on the yeah. road." And Him I feel and like Ali we're both like yeah. we got to we got to do more of these elsewhere too, you know. Um, and I feel like we've we've had the, that conversation mm-hmm. even like this past year, um, what it would look like to take it on the road. But when he said it, I was like, "I think we need to do, but just mm-hmm. let's just do more like a couple minis, yeah, throughout the year, like in different places, and then yeah." Um, so if, I mean, I'll, I'll just throw it out there, I guess. I mean, we're, we are looking for, if we pursue this kind of idea, we would need a church that, you know, holds, I would say at least 1,200, preferably like maybe 1,500. I think the turnout would be probably pretty good for something mm-hmm. that's, you know, less committed, especially if it's in a big city. We we But we would, here's, here's the rub with us is like, <laughs> for those of you who have been to Theology Raw or listen to the th- podcast, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. So he, here's where... I don't know. We want to be sensitive. Like a church that was that wants to host this, I just want to tell them up front. Okay, you're going to get 50 emails critical for hosting this. Are you okay with that? Like mm-hmm. because we quote unquote platform people that other people don't like, and we have controversial speakers, and we have this that, and we're we're we want to roll the dice and and do things that are mixing things up that are more raw than normal, and we know that a lot of Christians, even churches, especially some of the bigger churches, I don't know, mm-hmm. like they tend to be a little more conservative and get nervous if, you know, whoa, you're having that person out. So we just wouldn't want 
to put a church through that, nor do I want to put up with, you know, mm-hmm. like at the last second, the church saying, Hey, we've got to pull the plug on this because we're getting too many emails about people complaining about mm-hmm. you having Greg Boyd speak, you know, or whatever. So, um, like, we would, we would need a church that was like, no, we, we, we know your vision. We totally believe in it. We are all in, but also we're not looking like, we don't, we don't actually, I think to, to help the church, we're not looking to like partner with the church. We just want a church to be able to open up mm-hmm. space and let us handle all that. You could, you can even say, Hey, look, we're not, we're not partnering with this thing. We're opening up our space. We're letting them use the church. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because I don't, you, yeah, sorry. Well, because it, it like, this is what we're trying to do is have like the, like our vision for theology in the raw is that we are having diverse conversations mm-hmm. and we're trying to model and show what it looks like to have, uh, you know, conversations and love one another. So we guarantee you that there's going to be people on stage yeah. that you it, might not like agree with or might not. But what we're hoping that we'll accomplish in that is that you will learn how to, that people will learn how to love better to think deeper, I mean, like yeah. our motto, and um, and create a culture that is not so divisive. So we we can't have anybody over our heads because you you do so much research. I mean, it's not like you're flippantly grabbing people, whoever you want to put on stage. Like you have done your homework, you have yeah. d- put got phone calls in. You're talking if there's anything that's yeah. that it that you need to check into. <laughs> I mean, you check into it. You are having yeah. all the conversations. So you're not like missing anything. So when someone's like, why would you do that? You're like, well, I could tell you why, because I have a very specific yeah. reason for that. So we couldn't, yeah, we wouldn't be able to have a church that would be um checking yeah. what you're doing all the time. But yeah, I mean, I did that quite a bit with several speakers this yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> I know if you want like, to like, name them, but <laughs> no, I can. I mean, it's 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 very public. I mean, initially, you know, Matt Chandler went through a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in the fall, and so when that all went down, I immediately reached out to him, reached out to people at the church, reach. I, I was, I read, elders. I read elders. I read, I read. I mean, scoured legal documents and stuff. Like I did my due diligence. I didn't. So I, you know, I I know Matt. I I love. The guy, I think he's got an impeccable character. Um, absolutely, is committed to to Christ in ways that that I, I just is so humbling and, and impressive. So, but you know, people could say, "Well, you're blinded by relationship," and I said, "No, I totally get that. That's why I'm going to also check with other people." You know, and so yeah, I I was like, "Hey, I, I don't." If somebody is living in unrepentant sin, then yeah, we're not going to put them on stage. Um, Unless they're a Christian or not a Christian, which we, you know, I think next year we might have some people that don't mm-hmm. claim to be Christians that, for various reasons. Um, so in the deconstruction topic, if we yeah, do that, yeah, yeah, you know? spill that, yeah. So one of the mm-hmm. one of the sessions we want to do next year is on the church and deconstruction. And one thing I really want to do is have somebody who has deconstructed, rather than have a bunch of Christians and pastors talk about people who deconstructed. I I want to have that too, um, but I want to have people who say, okay, I'm deconstructed here's here's why and i want to listen and learn from actual mm-hmm. deconstructors so um yeah so we're yeah we yeah. we're it's a it's not again it's not everybody's cup of tea not everybody we have on stage would i recommend to preach at your church on a sunday morning so yeah. i mean the first conference 2022 I, I was just really blown away how did you give give us some thoughts on this last one that we're still recovering from um yeah i i feel like it's just setting just a tone and it's setting a culture of what I, I, but we both, I always want to say myself, cause it's not just because you do that I, I do, but really believe in what we're doing and what God's mm-hmm. called us to do. And I think that just really, um, just solidified it in my heart again, to just really believe like, man, I, I believe God is calling us to do this mm-hmm. and is in this and, and it's not like we are just bored and we don't have anything else to do. And we're like, what should we do with our time? And let's, you know, put out a conference. But it's, it's, um, I think it's really setting the tone for um, the future in our church, churches that we've just seen in the last several years between politics and COVID and everything like, mm-hmm. you know, abortion and just so many topics that has just divided and ruined families, ruined mm-hmm. like churches that, um, I just feel like, let's stop this. Like, I just, I just want this stopped. So 
yeah, I think it just really solidified it. What for somebody that wasn't there? Because most people listening weren't weren't at the conference. Maybe give us a little taste of kind of what were some highlights for you, things that stand out, maybe some surprises, or even conversations you had with people. Like mm-hmm. what were because you the thing is, is I'm back in the green room on stage, and I, yeah. I talk to as many people as I can, but I'm not out in the what's it called the hall with the foyer, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever the thing, you know. But you you were talking to a lot of people. What was yeah. the kind of response? Yeah, I mean, everyone just. Just, I heard a lot of people being able to say that I'm finally in a place where I'm free to think critically and think on different with my questions and ask questions that I don't normally feel the freedom to be able to do that and just be in a space where you know other people are feel like in the same as far as asking questions and 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 being okay to admit that I'm thinking through this I don't know where I line up and where I have everything figured out and I'm open to learn more and to and so I think a lot of people were just saying that that just felt so freeing to be in a place um and then I think people are always thanking you thank you for opening up my mind to some things that I I didn't know what to ask or didn't know like the uh, aside or or how to um what would I say to this or you know do you just help them to think even the things that they don't know that they're mm-hmm. supposed to think and um I think the the theology of disability mm-hmm. multiple people said that they kind of yeah. were like not super jazzed about it to be honest i mean admittedly they were like oh, i mean maybe it'll be and they just were yeah. just blown away at what they didn't know and didn't think about but how important the topic is in our churches but also too just like you you can take all the things that we learned from that topic and you apply it in all the di- other things you mean you can mm-hmm. apply it into the lgbtq conversation mm-hmm. and you can apply it to um you know missions or just all the things that are like kind of diverse mm-hmm. and just knowing like learning how to love and really care for one another yeah yeah that was i i think i think it's pretty much across the board that people were most surprised mm-hmm. at that session yeah um, that was one, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I said this on stage at some point that like, you know, that, that was the one that was most, probably most excited about and also most nervous about most excited because it's been really new to me. And so it was, I planned that session largely because I, I'm like, I don't care if anybody else is interested. I'm interested and I really want to learn. I think this is su- super important conversation. And I do think the church needs to have it. And so I, I knew deep down, it's not didn't have the kind of sexiness that some of the other topics have. It's not as as public, you know. But I'm like, well, that's I think that's wrong. Like, we need to actually make it more public. So going in, I was really excited about it. But I'm like, I, it wouldn't surprise me if people weren't that into it. Yeah. And yet, by the end of that one, I, I think people shed more tears down yeah. that one oh, than any other yeah. session. I, our, our camera guy, um, Daniel Olson, shout out. Amazing. All the camera stuff, that uh, all the pictures you see anywhere is all from Daniel Olson. He's an amazing photographer. And he was he said he wept for like an hour Yeah, during that. He just couldn't yeah. stop crying. Oh, me too. At yeah. one point, I just whoo, lost it. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. So that, and I even pulled, uh, yeah, t- I was talking to Tony Scarcello. Is was about to, well, by the time this podcast comes out, I think he had, had We'll have just planted a church. <laughs> I mean, it's been it's been you know months in the making, but he brought his church planning team out, and they he's he admitted he's like I almost, we almost skipped the session because we're like we're stayed up late and we're tired and everything, but we came and then they were just blown away. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled Tony up on stage to just kind of share a few minutes about you know what what they're thinking, how they're processing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah, I have one regret from the conference. What's that? Personal. Oh yeah, it's, I do too. It's the same regret. <laughs> so. Preston, you're always asking me, like even before this, you're like, Please I really, clear my name from this. <laughs> I want you on stage. You you told me, how can we get you involved on stage and doing something? What interviews do you want to do? You even <laughs> said, maybe do you want to do one of the interviews on disability? Yeah. Um, and I don't really want to get on stage. I am totally fearful. I was, I was sitting there one time. I'm like, why would I be scared to go up there? I'm like, cause I'm afraid of y'all <laughs> is what I was thinking. I'm scared of people. Like there's the backlash that you get. And if, like, even this, you know, I just like people are critical, which is, you know, not a bad thing, but I just opening myself up to get criticized. I just don't feel like doing that. <laughs> I admit it. So yeah. I'm like, so I really am like more, I'm not fearful to talk. I'm more fearful of what comes out 
from it. And so, oh, really? Yeah. Cause I feel like, so when you're talking on stage, you're not nervous. I mean, maybe or? a little bit, but I feel like that I can you're just get through like, it. It's people- just, yeah. What did I just say? And what, how are, how am I going to get criticized? So, so when you would ask me, I'm like, ah, maybe I'll think about it. And then I'll think about it. And I'd be like, nah, I don't need to. You have plenty of other people that could do a great job. I don't need to. And you kept th- saying like, you just, you want me on there just so that also just have a presence that we do do this together mm-hmm. in that, um, you know, I'm not speaking like you are, but at, at the same time, just even this kind of stuff, we mm-hmm. have these conversations, like what are we doing? It's our, our ministry together mm-hmm. that we um, believe in and want to do. So I was like, nah, but I'm like, if there's something specific that would be very specific to me needing mm-hmm. to do, but if it's something that anyone else can do and are better at doing it, I don't need to. So I said, no. And then like the very last song uh, at the, when the conference was ending, I literally felt like God was like, you need to get on stage. I have something I want you to say, to share. And I was like, no, no, you know, it's like trying to talk it out. My heart was like beating out of my chest. That's how I knew it was wow. like the spirit, like really prompting me, like, you need to go on stage. I, I want you to share something. And I was like, I was fighting back and forth with it, but I, but I knew, I knew that the Lord was saying that to me. So I was like, I can't like say no. So then I texted you, you were back in the green room because there's worship and I texted you and I was like, I think I want to come out and close it. I have something I want to need to share. And then I put my phone down because I didn't wait to hear like your response or anything. I just put my phone in because I was worshiping. And then I, in my mind, I, I said, if it's meant like if God wants me to do it, it'll it'll happen and Preston will call me up or something. Well, your phone was on airplane mode, so yeah. you never got it. <laughs> I was about to go back on stage. Yeah. So I put it on. Yeah. And so you closed it out and then I was like, oh, maybe I wasn't supposed to. That's mm-hmm. totally fine. Like I didn't need to. I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to go up. But then later on, I was like, man, I feel like I I missed an opportunity of what God wanted to share. I so um, wish you would have just walked up on stage. I and know. that's and that's my regret, as I felt like I probably I needed to well, listen. Did you, did you interpret my lack of response? Maybe I didn't want you originally. Okay. No, no, not that you didn't want to. Okay. That it wasn't maybe God. God okay. didn't want me okay. to. You know. Yeah. So that's my regret. I can share it here if, if what yeah. I felt like I because so when I was. Um, like as as I was worshiping, I just had this vision, and I do get a lot of pictures of just, um, and I always feel like that's God really, you know, opening my mind up to what He wants me to see. But I was picturing, and a little, some of this is fictitious, which we know that that mm-hmm. you know that's it's creative fictitious uh, ways that mm-hmm. so it's not like has to all be biblical, right? Okay, uh, I mean not 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 not, not no, biblical. It's not unbiblical. It could be. Ah, uh, biblical, just not in the Bible. Yeah, doesn't yeah. mean it's against what's in the right. Bible. Right. So as I had this picture that we were all standing at um, the gates, ready for the gates to open of hell. Or I mean, sorry, sorry. <laughs> whoa, sorry. <laughs> gates of heaven. Ooh. Sorry. Whoa. Uh. We're all standing there, and m- like tons and tons of us, and we were like just so excited and ready to be able to enter into to heaven, into the gates, and and. I started looking around and everyone was kind of looking around at each other. And then we all started saying, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. I'm so sorry for treating you the way that I did. I'm so sorry for, I didn't mean to say that. And and then we spent like five minutes before we're supposed to walk into heaven. We spent like five minutes saying how sorry we were to one another. And this is the part that I'm saying is fictitious in the sense that I, I don't know if we're going to be doing that right before we walk in. And then I just felt the Lord say to me, let's not spend the first five minutes before we're supposed mm. to enter in God's kingdom by apologizing to one another. Let's get it right before here. And I, so my, I felt like a, my charge to was like, as we have these conversations, what Preston and I are trying to model and show is that mm loving one another and caring for one another, even when we disagree, even when we don't come in the same place, but treating each other like humans and still being able to like, that's what we model at the conference when, you know, 
the egalitarian and the complementarian are totally against interpreting they mm-hmm. interpreting things in different ways and yet they're having going out and having they hung out like going having dinner the rest of the conference mm-hmm. together and That's enjoying beautiful. each other and and I just was like let's let's start this now let's not have to go apologize to one another mm-hmm. like in the end let's just get it right beforehand so that's, that's- Dang. And I was like, that's what we're doing here. That's why we come here. That's what we're trying to accomplish. So we're going to have lots of different topics mm-hmm. and some topics you might be, not be excited about or or into, or, I mean, hopefully, you know, everyone is because we're choosing right topics. But in the end, what what is our vision for Theology in the Raw? And it's that, is being able to be kind to one another, think deeply, and then just um, treat each other with respect mm-hmm. and care. And, and let's not... Yeah have to just keep apologizing to each other in the end dang that's good i wish yeah wish my phone was on airplane mode this episode is sponsored by biola university biola is consistently ranked as one of the nation's leading christian universities it has over 300 academic programs at both the undergraduate and graduate levels which are available both in southern california and online With leading academic programs like business, film, science, and more, uh, Biola's biblically integrated curriculum and spiritual formation also helps students grow closer to God and gain a deeper understanding of Scripture. In fact, I was just on the campus of Biola, touring touring the campus and talking to several deans and professors, and every single person I talked to was so utterly passionate about making Christ first in all things and instilling Christ-like virtues in the hearts and minds of their students. I mean, honestly, I was so impressed with how Christ-centered the entire school is. So at Biola, students become equipped for living a thriving life and career. They'll also learn how to articulate their Christian beliefs. And most of all, they'll be prepared to serve as God's instrument in their communities and around the world. Now, through May 1st, 2023, if you use the promo code PRESTON, okay, my name, Preston, uh, that will waive the application fee for any Biola program, okay? So promo code PRESTON, waive the fee. Some restrictions might apply. Just visit biola.edu for more information. Hey friends, are you a Christian parent with a kid that identifies as LGBTQ? Or do you know somebody who is? Look, I know these relationships can sometimes be challenging and raise lots of questions for both you and your kid. This is why my team and I at the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender created Parenting LGBTQ, a video-based discipleship experience that helps parents to love and walk with your LGBT loved one as Christ would want you to do. There's 11 sessions that talk about things like how to begin approaching the LGBTQ conversation, how to respond when your child comes out, how to navigate questions of faith with your child and navigating partners and weddings and much, much more. There's loads of testimonies from parents themselves and from LGBTQ kids, so you can learn from both sides of the relationship. We've also included uh, a ton of supplemental resources that go along with all the different sessions. This resource is geared towards parents, but honestly, I think it would be very helpful for any Christian that has an LGBTQ loved one in their life. So to learn more, go to parent parentinglgbtq.com or you can visit our main site at centerforfaith.com that's parentinglgbtq.com or centerforfaith.com do you have a um a speaker or moment well we talked about the disability section as a whole but maybe another speaker or moment that really stands out to you um that you're taking with you and it's hard to like highlight maybe a good speaker because it could throw shade on everybody else. Yeah. Know? Like what's your favorite speaker? And you're like, oh, this guy. Oh. Lots. I, I, I feel like Ellie starting us off, what his his intro talk starting us off was very impactful for me. Yeah. He just talked about um, just the generations being like uh, like he, he, his grandpa, is, like he, he looks to his mm. grandpa as like as a like plowing through what he's doing now, like doing the same types of ministry and, um, and faithfulness and how, um, just like he talked a lot about just the generations, um, being faithful. And that was really impactful for me because, and it just made me cry. Cause I was like, that's where you and I are at. Like we have, I want to be, I just, I was thinking, I was like, man, I want my grandkids and my great grandkids to look look up and say, man, my grandma and my grandpa or my great grandma and great grandpa was like 
changing the culture of the church mm-hmm. and um, was faithful until the end. And just so I got super, mm-hmm. it, just the way he put it was if you haven't, if you weren't here and you didn't listen to it, you guys should buy the, <laughs> buy the recordings because it was so like, I mean, there were so many, you know, so many of the talks, but mm-hmm. it was really, yeah. it was incredible. You remember that or anything? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I was, I, I was saying the ex- actually the same thing. I'm not just saying that. Like I, that, that, yeah. Whenever I hear, I've, I've heard a few people now, not just at the conference, but just in, in life, like talk about their their dad or their grandpa just being a model of faithfulness and just seeing seeing how the kids, sometimes they don't appreciate it when they're young, but when they get older, they look up and say, I want to be like my grandpa. I want to be mm-hmm. like my dad or whatever. And like, it's like, yeah, it, gives, it just gives me motivation to want to like set that pattern now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we talk about that a lot, just even like as parents, like what do we want, what would we want our kids to say about us and what would we want our grandkids and stuff. And then whatever our answers are to that, like we need to live by that. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the things is just courageous, like, Mm -hmm. right. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that's for you. Like you're courageous, like you are plowing through culture in, Mm -hmm. in a courageous way. You're not afraid to ask the questions, to think, you know, and then just loving Mm -hmm. and loving well. And Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's so to, to me. I look at two things with the, like different speakers. Like one is just the power. Well, like the power of the presentation, like the and then the content mm-hmm. and how it fits into the overall vibe. So I'm looking at it kind of through various lenses. And Ellie is just off the chart communicator. I mean, the guy's mm-hmm. guy is just incredibly gifted, and and I've gotten to know him, a, you know, a little bit over the years, and, and just solid character, and just. Yeah, I just love having in there street hymns. I mean, we, we so so one thing we we really value uh, art. Um, you're mm-hmm. way more artistic than I am, but I, I I value art, and so having street hymns, you know, give some several. He did like three different spoken words that kind of mm-hmm. represent the various topics, and um, I love that. I, I would like to keep exploring how can we bring in the arts more mm-hmm. to the conference because I just I don't I think it's to me is a little not. not not bad, not bad at all, but like, it's just a little too predictable and boring to have like talks and then worship talks, yeah. worship talks. And that's why even having conversations, even like pulling people up on stage at the last second, like Tony or whatever, just like, mm-hmm. um, so I think that we're, we're trying to mix it up that way. Just how can we, how can we draw upon and harness the full complexity of our human gifting, um, and, and, and touch people with all their mm-hmm. sensories and all their complexity. Cause if it's just a content dump, like that's great for our minds, but what about our other sensories, our, our, you know, our hearts, our feelings, our emotions and everything. So he even like street hymns doing a spoken word where he mm-hmm. had the thing where the audience was participating with, yeah. the, with the lights and everything. Like, I just, I love that. I just, I don't, I want to keep exploring how can we make this a, a holistic embodied human experience for people Mm -hmm. that goes beyond, I guess, what we typically do every, every Sunday Mm -hmm. morning, you know? Um, One of the things that I was just thinking, I'm going to forget it, but um, that got me thinking was one of the questions that somebody asked uh, from the audience was, since we have so much diversity on stage, why do you uh, think that it's like 95% white, the audience? And that, I I don't think it's, I think it's less than that, but. 80 percent 80 maybe okay yeah Yeah. it's not it's It's, not it's not as diverse as the stage it's not the crowd is way less diverse than the stage and less diverse than i think my podcast audience and that right and so we were like they asked why do you think that is and that was really i mean i guess i hadn't thought about it and then it got me thinking and how do we change that because i don't want that like i Mm -hmm. i just want to continually work hard at how can we just don't want to be like wait so i don't know so i'm i will be working Mm -hmm. this (laughs) this year (laughs) until next year just try to figure out what what does that look like how do we you know is it a matter of like specifically inviting you know 20 people from a church that like you know, or do, I don't know, making it available or just kind of what, what did somebody, Eugene, Eugene show, oh, yeah, I mean, they all say? Justin Gibbon, actually yeah. Justin Gibbon, Eugene, show, they, they all, cause it was in the middle of our multi-ethnic perspective session. So I was on the couch with four, you know, one was a native, native American, Korean American, African American and Latino American. So, 
um, it was, I, I, the question came up and I said, what do you guys think? Cause I, I had that last year. I was actually really shocked at how, how the audience was way less diverse in the stage. Cause I, I was always told like you diversify the stage and yeah. everything will follow. You diversify the leadership and everything will follow. So I said, great. And so I'm, we're hundred percent committed to having, um, mm-hmm. uh, that's your biggest thing. Is oh, when yeah. You're finding speakers. You're, you're, I, it is a, it is, I mean, and, and, and just to be clear, how do I want to word it? Like I, I, because the secular approach to diversity is kind of diversity, sometimes over content or character for me, it's like, no, because I believe so deeply theologically that the kingdom of God is diverse, that thoughtful, engaging people are across the board, male and female and, and different ethnicities. So I'm, I'm not finding people that are ethnically diverse as if that is an intrinsic, like that qualifies them to speak, right. whatever. It's like, no, I know there's loads of awesome voices out there that are incredibly thoughtful and wise and whatever that are, you know, that represent ethnic diversity. So, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's a non-negotiable for us. Yeah. There are our, to the best of our ability, the stage will be diverse, both with men and women, even mm-hmm. age diversity, um, theological diversity within orthodoxy, I would say, and, um, and people of different ethnicities. So, sorry, yeah. you were, well, no, I was yeah. just saying, so if anybody has any ideas, yeah. I would love to hear yeah. it. Cause I, I do want to always be aware of that and try to, um, Justin said, yeah. you know, that, you know, oh, I forgot, I don't want to put words in his mouth. You guys can go listen to it, but, um, yeah, that, that reaching churches that are largely, you know, black churches or Korean American churches, whatever, like, it, it, it'll take time. Like actually mm-hmm. that was, it was really positive. Yeah. They said, Hey, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're doing what you should be doing, but it may, it just, it may take time. Like people, there's a brand new conference. People don't really know what it is. You know, they heard about it from a distance and, and Eugene said, you know, come into you know, Boise, Idaho in March. Uh, people are a little bit like, I'm sure that's like yeah. my cup of tea. So, um, yeah, maybe even changing it to April would, would help with some of that, but, mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe doing some one days, in different areas, actually. Yeah. Maybe maybe we do a one day hosted by an ethnically diverse church. Or a, mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe that's part of our answer there. So that when we do the big one in Boise, they, yeah. they already have a taste of what it's about. Um, yeah. Um, okay, this is a personal question for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, you, you, get so, you get so many requests to be on the podcast more. I think people love the first year when you came on stage, you made a dialogue. Like, I think... People do want to hear more from you. Um, do you feel like that's something you want to step into? You, I, 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 and just the, I know you have zero desire for the stage, for the microphone, for like, yeah. But you also have, I think, you're very gifted in in many areas that that can be more upfront and not just behind the scenes. And and I don't even the word just there is not accurate because like theology and raw and Anything I do, any book I write, anything I say on a podcast, any ministry I do would not exist without Chris. Like you, you are running, I mean, the organizations and I feel like I have the easy part. I just come to my basement, you know, half asleep and hit record and do a podcast. But all the stuff in the back end, you're managing all that. Well, and even you- the topics and stuff, right? I mean, we spend hours and hours in the in our hot tub or in conversations where we're you're we're talking all about yeah. it. We're oh, like yeah. you're bouncing things off me, or like I'm asking questions. So I, it's not like I don't know any of the no, things you're yeah, talking yeah. about or not interested in it. I'm just interested in just the practical, you know, get it, making yeah. everything work. But it's like I feel like I'm very involved in. In oh, yeah. whatever you're writing or speaking on mm-hmm. and stuff. So, so do you? I mean, because I know you, you are very good at the back, be, be, mm-hmm. all this stuff that's behind the scenes, the planning, the orchestrating. Do you have any desire to do more upfront kind of ministry? Um, I or don't, you- but I think it's again, I think it's out of fear, and I think I, I think I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know but, I'm, but I'm okay only saying it to the people in person in front of me. You know, like yeah. I feel like my relationships, my friendships and people that I have, like, you know, like, I mean, we'll talk deep and and I'll offer advice when I have it or thoughts mm-hmm. or those. But I, I, so I don't need to like, I don't feel like I need to share any of my thoughts to massive amounts of people. I can, I'm perfectly 
happy with sharing them with whoever God puts in front of me. Mm -hmm. But I, so I do feel like I have lots of thoughts and lots of things to say. And, Mm -hmm. and I do think I could be helpful to people, but I just don't. Is it just a criticism? Yeah, it's a criticism. And then kind of the pressure that comes with that. And I, um, I just, you know, I see that all from you and you can handle it. I probably can't handle it as well. I mean, I, I get my feelings way hurt. <laughs> Did, you know, you don't necessarily, or you, you're able to, you know, ro- let it roll. And mm-hmm. to me, it, it does affect mm-hmm. me. So I just, um, yeah, so I don't really want to do that, mm-hmm. but I've also, my prayer always is, but I don't want to only do what I want to do. I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. So I, throughout the conference, I, I I mean, I always pray it, but I was praying it again. Like you would have to truly show, God would have to truly show me why and what he wants me to do. It's like, you know, I, I hear, like I was just talking to a friend um, just yesterday. I was at her house and actually, well, Gloria that was yeah. singing yeah. on uh, at the conference. So um, she was, um, beautiful voice. She's mm-hmm. seriously amazing. She, she leads our Swahili and, and French uh, songs yeah. cause she's fluent. And-, and so I was at her house yesterday and I was asking her, I was like, so when did you, you know, how did you learn how to sing or anything? And she said, honestly, she goes, I've always loved singing, but I didn't like have a, you know, anything specific. But she said, when I was 13 years old, I just prayed, Lord, please give me a voice so that I could share it with mm. your people. And she goes, and it was almost like overnight, I got a voice mm. that was not from me. And when she said that, I'm like, that's always my prayer is that I'm like, if you do want me to have a voice any other way than I do right now, then you're just going to have to give that to me. You're going to have to give me an, a, yeah. a, a confidence or a, you know, take away my fear or, mm-hmm. um, and show me very specifically. So I don't need to, I, I feel like. Do you ever desire to speak? Like someone said, Hey, we're having a conference. I almost said women's conference, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I, I, I do know you, you've, you've told me before, like you feel, um, how do you put it? Like just, um, nervous because you don't feel like you're like as theological as me. Yeah, I definitely like you feel nervous to... about saying mm-hmm. the wrong thing. Yeah. Like every topic. Well, because I feel like I, I talking with you, I'm like, everybody says wrong things all the time. <laughs> and so I, yeah, just any topic I'm like, Oh, I'm going to say the wrong word. I'm going to say interpret it, you know? Yeah. And, and so for me, like speaking, you have to say everything so perfect. Whereas in a conversation, like that's why I like one-on-one, like I, yeah. I could sit and talk to you for an hour and feel great about it. Cause every single thing in that hour wasn't mm-hmm. probably completely <laughs> perfect, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, so I mean, right now they're, you're speaking to 25,000 people. <laughs> I mean, you're know. basically preaching at like Saddleback right now. Is it, but it's just, you know, I can't see them. So is it, I don't know. No, but you I, said you don't get nervous. No, I do. I like looking at a sea of people or yeah. Like I won't want to listen to this after. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, at this point, I feel like we have five more years before we're empty nesters and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, I don't, it, it takes a lot on our family when you go speak yeah, that that's true. I don't, you know, I want to finish, I want to be available for our kids. So I think, yeah, no, that's good. I, th- I think your kids would actually, your, I think my actually, kids, huh? My kids, you say your kids, <laughs> <I say> your <laughs> kids? <laughs> they're both of ours. I think your kids, uh, I think our kids, I think they would, it would actually, if you, well, yeah, this isn't the reason to do it, but like if you did go speak somewhere, I think they would actually. I think it'd probably be good for you guys' relationship. Um, they, I think they like it when they see you doing doing things kind of on your own that isn't explicitly connected to the family, you know. Um, but yeah, because they don't thoughts. really feel like I do a lot. Like they, <laughs> so, I asked them the other day, I goes, "Do you feel like I work?" And they're like, "No." And I was like, "Wow." They didn't say it. They <laughs> yeah. know you do. No, they did. Come on. They said not very much, like just like a little bit. I'm like, wow, great. Not very I mean, much. I'm glad. Word. But then I was kind of like, but. Oh, my gosh. Oh. All right. So next year we are most likely, I mean, nothing's written in stone, I guess, but we're, we're most likely going to do another Exiles conference. We're already playing around with different ideas um, on the sessions. Um well, we're so so. I, so I, I said this publicly at at the conference, so this isn't a secret. But like the um, 
yeah, I would really want to do something on deconstruction in the church, whatever, you know, we'll nail down the specific titles. I, I think we're going to bring back something related to sexuality and gender again, not, not exactly, you know, maybe we'll take a f- specific angle on that. Um, and then the one that really got people pretty excited was doing something on women, power and abuse in the church. I mean, this is just an ongoing mm-hmm. conversation. We, we did the, you know, the pre-conference on, on women in leadership. That was much more of a, theolo- a specific theological exegetical question we're wrestling with. But I, I'm, I'm equally interested in just whatever we say about complementarian egalitarianism, but just looking at just the culture of the church as a whole and how women are mistreated on various levels, all the way from actual abuse, all the way to just kind of subtle forms of misogyny. And I'm growing and learning so much about that. Do you have any thoughts on that? We've had a lot of conversations along these lines mm-hmm. in the house because with three daughters and, and you, yeah. I mean, you've, you've told me, do you want to, can you, do you want to, you don't want to speak about that? No. How you feel as a woman in the church? Mm-mm. You don't want to talk about that? No. <laughs> how about, how about no. <laughs> being my wife in, in various settings and conversations? You know, I don't want to put my yeah. mouth, but. Yeah, no, definitely that. I feel that. But that could well, be on different levels. So well, for that, one, you know, that's, we both walk into a room and only people want to talk to you, and, which I mean, that's and I'm fine. I'm the introvert and Chris actually wants to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then, yeah, like it's hard sometimes where it's like if I try to say anything and it clearly the person is just like only focusing on you and wanting to hear what you have to say, even though I'm like, well, I might be able to speak into that. Um, so there's. Yeah, there's times where I'm like, yeah, that just sucks. Or and, they tell but, me, thank you for your ministry, Preston, and you're sitting right there and you're like, hey, you won't say yeah. anything because you're not needing praise at all. But, yeah. uh, you know, we're both thinking like, well, yeah. Chris kind of runs all this. Like, I'm just. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which, yeah, I definitely. It's just, yeah, I, de- I, I definitely, yeah, I feel it. I mean, I think all women feel it really, really? It, when, yeah, it's just, we're just, we're groomed or it's natural to think we need to le- listen more to men. Really? I mean, is that's that just our culture. I mean, that's, I mean, you and I were raised in that, yeah. right? I mean, very conservative, yeah. like it's the man has the the better words or whatever. And so. I, 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 am I blind? I mean, you tell me, I, I don't, I don't think I personally feel that anymore. Is it, I mean, I would say ever since doing, maybe I think for me, it really switched when I did my PhD with loads of other PhD students and professors and men and women were, there's probably more men, there's more men represented, but some of the most brilliant professors, there were women. Some of the most brilliant students, PhD students were women. Um, so it, I don't know. I don't know if that was, and then I've, you know, taught in schools and stuff with the mm-hmm. colleagues or were women like at Nottingham university, like, or I, maybe it's, I don't know. I've been in spaces. Yeah. Yeah. You probably, you're more used to that. So you probably don't feel yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, but our church culture, not our current, I mean, but just church, church, culture, church yeah. conservative church culture fosters that. Did you, um, Elise Fitzpatrick at mm-hmm. the end, I mean, that was kind of a bomb at the end. Yeah. Um, the couch, the 15 minute couch conversation. Yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about that. I mean, I was kind of horrified that she says the how the kinds of pervasive advice that women get when they are in an abusive relationship. Yeah. Like you just need to submit more. You just need to. Yeah. Yeah. Un- were you shocked at that or do you feel like well i feel like you you've touched a lot on that on your podcast with uh sheila oh yeah (laughs) gregoire gregoire yeah um and just that yeah that's kind of like ingrained in us right that men will that we have the power to help men or not help men and all that you know but I just heard the kids come storming. Yeah, I know. It's so. <laughs> like loud um, in here. The the whole Exiles conference is available uh, via video. Mm-hmm. Is that just a Theology and Raw website? Right, is where yep. we're selling it. So if you yep. go to theologyandraw.com, if you want to watch the entire Exiles conference, we had a great video crew with several cameras set up, so it's really well done. So you can uh, go and purchase that uh, the whole entire conference at the website. So any other last words, Chris? Well, you're wearing your the merch We're, from this year. Oh, you want to see? Show the back for just YouTube, okay. I guess. Yeah. So, is that visible? Yep. Yeah. All right. I mean, Think love? deeply, love widely. So, um, our second daughter, Aubrey, and she's turning 18 next week. And her friend Kayla, shout out to them. They designed all our merch yeah. this year. There we had two: we had this crew shirt and then the hoodie. 
And um, it was more of a, yeah, we sold out or like there's some sizes that are not sold out, but it was more of a beachy vibe. So they are asking if they could be the ones designing it next year and have a different vibe. But yeah, I'm so impressed because yeah. They she, just went she, on taste, right? I mean, they just like, and you know. yeah, I kind of was like, I think it's just a, for a younger crowd, like the way they look, because mm-hmm. the back, the hoodies have big bubbly letters, and I mean, there's lots, you know, it's very yeah. in style for nowadays. But um, everybody was loving them and buying them, so we yeah. have we have some more. I'm gonna try to get a store going to just be able to sell out of the rest of Online? the things Are that we, we have. Yeah, I get asked that all the time. I know. I... But, so yes, we have it like seventy five percent set up. Oh really? Yes. Oh, I don't know. It's a, it's um, a big deal to make a store online, right? I mean, the shipping and all that. Like, um. Well, that? no. Once once it's all set up, it's easy to do it, and they just well, I'll hire one of my kids to be the shipping people. <laughs> <laughs> We're such a mom I, and pop. Our kids are in the basement. <laughs> no, they're always trying to make money. So here you stuff go. And newspaper and shipping um, it out. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I'd love to be yeah. able to sell off all the rest so that next year we'll have a new a new look. Um. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. they did. They, they did it. They designed yeah. it. and I was I was impressed. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Theology in All. We'll see you next time on the show. Hey friends, have you been blessed or encouraged or challenged by Theology in the Raw? If so, would you consider joining Theology in the Raw's Patreon community? For as little as five bucks a month, you can gain access to a diverse group of Jesus followers who are committed to thinking deeply, loving widely, and having curious conversations with thoughtful people. We have several membership tiers where we where you can receive premium content. For instance, silver level supporters get to ask and vote on the questions for our monthly Patreon only podcast. They also get to see like written drafts of various projects and books I'm working on. And there's other perks for that tier. Gold level supporters get all of this and access to monthly Zoom chats where we basically blow the doors open on any topic they want to discuss. My patrons play a vital role in nurturing the mission of Theology Nara. And for me, just personally, interacting with my Patreon supporters has become one of the hidden blessings in this podcast ministry. So you can check out all of the info at patreon.com forward slash Theology Nara. That's patreon.com forward slash Theology Nara.